0: Let's talk about Hurricane Ida and the devastation caused in New York. Let's also discuss the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation not recommending vaccinations for 12 to 15-year-olds. What about the passing of the legend Lee Scratch Perry? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Apply the ABCs of success to your life. Ask, believe and claim it. Eric Thomas. So we're at episode 72. Still sparking debate. September, we're into a new month. Uh, this month we've got uh, Belize's Independence Day, 21st of September. Uh, they were made independent on in 1981. And then also St. Kitts and Nevis Independence Day is on the 19th of September, and they were made independent in 1983. So, yeah, so this week's been an eventful week, as usual. Uh, it looks like we're going to have, uh, even though we're at the end of summer, really, pretty much, it looks like we're going to have a hot September, especially this beginning part. It's really sunny outside from where I am at the moment. So, yeah, looking good, looking good. So what did I, I did this week? I started playing or teaching the kids or reintroducing card games. So we played a few card games um, with my youngest children. And, yeah, they really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it, you know, super interactive also played a lot of Monopoly as well. Um, and it was just great to see them, you know, being able to play and not think about screens and computers and technology, you know, all the conversations that come up from doing something as simple as um, a card game. I think the, the cards actually cost about three pounds, though. I mean, the last time I bought cards, I think they were in the pence maybe 99 pence or something like that. So that that was a bit of a shocker. But um but yeah, definitely I definitely suggest if you got young kids or you know, you may, you may be you know, they may have actually forgotten how to play cards or they've never even heard of playing cards. But um but yeah, no, that that was really interesting for me. So that was a highlight for me this week. Um so unfortunately, we lost Lee Scratch Perry um over the coming days he died over the past few days, rather. Um, he died at the age of eighty five um His real name is Rainford Hugh Perry uh, and he's known you know as a pioneering instrument uh, pioneering instrument, instrumental in uh, dub music and, and reggae music, even hip hop um and other genres, to be fair, um, and his career spans like over seven decades. Um, he's worked with Bob Marley, the Wailers, uh, the Beastie Boys, to name a few. He's worked with loads of people. Um, he's a very, he was a, a, a legend in the pr- production side of things in regards to music and, and lyrically, I was watching some old YouTube clips of him, um, doing his thing on the mic and stuff like that. But yeah, um... What something I didn't realise, I didn't realise that he, he actually had a mental breakdown in um, nineteen seventy eight, which kinda of slowed down his career a bit, but he got over that and, and continued with his thing. But I didn't I didn't realise that he'd gone through that. Um I know he's he was quite um outlandish with his you know, with his appearance, you know. Um I think that the the last lot of pictures I see with him with his beard dyed pink and you know all the badges and jewelry he, he wore and stuff like that. But yeah, um, but yeah, he's, he's been celebrated definitely um, as a legend to the music industry. Um, he, he was born in uh, rural Jamaica, um, 1936, and then his family moved to Kingston um, in the 60s. Yeah. And uh, I think in, in an interview with NME, he he spoke about his father and worked on the road. His mother worked in the fields and and how poor they were. Um, and he spoke about learning you know even they went to school he didn 't learn much there in, in fact, he said he learned nothing at all at school, um, and he learned everything he knows um, come from nature so that's um that 's a very introspective you know uh, way of looking at things for sure, but yeah, I think we all learn a lot from nature. I learned a lot from gardening to be fair um i didn 't realize how much until these later years, but yeah um but yeah, he, he, you know, he won a Grammy in 2002 um, and was nominated multiple times, I think about four times in 2007, 2008, uh, 2010 and 2014. And he also received uh, the Jamaican uh, National Honour, the Order of um, Distinction. So, so yeah, um, it would be sorely missed. You know, my, my thoughts go out to his family and that, but definitely... A legend in the business, Lee Scratch Perry. If you if you know music, if you know reggae music especially, you would definitely know the name Lee Scratch Perry. And if you don't, definitely somebody to look into and see how he's impacted the musical landscape. So, also somebody making history this well the over these past the past week, Nia de Costa. She's the first um, black woman director um, to direct a blockbuster top movie Um, the movie was I think it was released in America on the 27th of August um, and it's the sequel to the 1992 horror classic Candyman Um, and it's taken I think it's taken 22 just over 22 million in its debut weekend um, and it's hit the number one spot Um, the film it was also written by um, Jordan Peele he's involved in a few horror films over the past few years I remember Candyman as a kid, that was, the, the original one was like, you know, it was the, one of the most scariest movies as a kid, um, and obviously, you know, everybody were was scared to say his name five times, because that's when he came out and done his thing, so yeah, it kind of brought some memories back to those times, I'm not really into horror films now to be fair, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a horror film, um, but yeah, and, but yeah, I'll, I'll, put, I'll give this a look because you know it's, it's a historic situation. Um, but hats off to Nia de Costa um, going down in history as the first black woman director with a blockbuster top movie. That's amazing, amazing, and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about her. Um, and hopefully, we'll you know, hopefully an Oscar be coming her way. Grammy, maybe? Who knows? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But over here, back in the UK, they are, the, all of the talk around the vaccines, etc., is around um, vaccinating 12 to 15-year-olds. Um, the science and the, you know, from the, the Joint Committee of Vaccination and Immunisation, the JCVI, um, said on Friday they do not recommend that, you know, 12 to 15-year-olds be vaccinated said the benefits um, on health grounds were only marginal, so basically not worth it. Um, so, yeah, uh, so that's, that's the from the science perspective, but UK government um, believe there's a strong case to giving jabs to all healthy children over 12. So a decision's going to be made in the next few days, and by the UK government, um, it's going to... have. I mean, yeah, I can see it ruffling a lot of feathers if um, they do go against the science. Obviously, the whole mantra throughout COVID has been, you know, being led by the science. And, you know, if they, you know, directly oppose what the science is saying, um, it's gonna be an interesting summer, for sure. An interesting summer. So, uh, the schools are back well schools are back some schools are back already um, but I know most of them will be back fully from next week from Monday um, and so basically that's a hun- hundreds of thousands of pupils you know returned to the classroom um, and experts are predicting that there's going to be a surge um, in cases linked to schools reopening in England and Wales which is kind of obvious I'd say um, it's kind of obvious that's, that's going to happen um, but the numbers of cases um, have been rising since mid May, 2021. So you know, the numbers are rising anyway because we've you know we've gone past Freedom Day and everything else. Um, and to be fair, two weeks after Freedom Day, which was the July the 19th, 2021, um, the numbers of new cases have been steadily rising. So yeah, um, I can I'm, I suppose I can foresee. Come the end of September, the rising numbers be wholly blamed on children going back to school and not being vaccinated and, and stuff like that. But the reality is at this point, the numbers were going up anyway. Obviously, kids going back to school is going to add to it, but the numbers are on their way up anyway. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of mindful of the, the whole picture rather than the headlines in a month's time. So, yeah. But the good news is there, there haven't been any um, deaths of young people through, through youth violence, which is great news. Um, great news. Long may that last. For sure. Long may that last. Um, but in the news today in regards to crime, religious groups in the UK um, have, you know, it's, it's been spoken about through an independent inquiry um, that they've been failing um, children over sex abuse. Which you know, to anybody of of any you know of any years knows that this isn't really news. You know, you've consistently heard about people being abused within rigid religious settings um, across the world, not just in the UK, but you know, this is a, a standard thing that has happened a lot um, with what seems to be, from my perspective, it seems to be with minimal repercussions. You know. Um, for some reason. So I'm I'm glad they they done this inquiry to kind of highlight it, even though it is, you know, a known thing. Um, but what the independent inquiry spoke about um, is that, you know, reg- religious organisations in England and Wales were morally failing children, basically. Um, and they, they examined, like, um, took evidence, basically, from f- about 38 different groups, including, like, Christian Christian groups, Orthodox, Judaism... Islam, to name a few, but they, they went through through it all, you know, because it does it's not doesn't just happen in one um, one religious sect, you know, it's happening across the board, you know, um, so hopefully this will lead to you know more prosecutions, um, well, just stopping it really, putting a stop to it, you know, putting in measures so that it doesn't happen, you know, and, and protect the children who are super vulnerable. You know, especially when when these things are happening, um, you know, it's happening to young people via, you know, the the priests or you know the highest people within within that particular religion. So so yeah, glad they're highlighting that for sure. So something I was watching in regards to Brazilian bank robbers, which. Pretty much looked like something straight out of a movie, and it seems to be a, a regular thing out in Brazil. Um, but Brazilian bank robbers um, tying hostage to getaway cars. So I saw footage of, you know, the getaway car would have a hostage tied to the roof of the of the car of the getaway car, so that the helicopters couldn't shoot into the into the roof of the the car. I'd, I'd never seen nothing like that in my life, except in movies, maybe. Um, but yeah, um, so that yeah, the, these are the kind of things the the robbers are doing. So officials said that they were like in this particular robbery, 15 to 20 people um, took part in the heist and um, blocking off roads with burning vehicles, placing explosive devices across the city. Um, yeah, and like, like I said, these large-scale bank robberies have become like a frequent thing in 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 uh, Brazil, and this use of human shields as well so um, I think to date, police said that at least three people were were killed. One of them was a suspect. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, just crazy, crazy. But I'm sh- I'm sure somebody's gonna be making these things into movies because that it just sounds like something straight out of Hollywood, straight out of Hollywood. Um, you know, big bank heists and things like that. So yeah, but um, I think they they've also arrested three suspects. So you know, there's another ten. 10 people involved, and I don't think they got the, the the money back. I'm not sure how much money was involved in it, but, yeah, I thought I'd mention that because it was kind of just bizarre how, that, how how it looked, the visuals of it and the whole story behind it. So closer to home in Hackney, um, there was a racial assault that happened in back in July, actually, um, but I haven't heard much about it since then, but it was July the 25th. It happened um, around Shoreditch, around that area, basically a 34-year-old man assaulted by three white males um, hit in the face with a metal object uh, and, you know, the police are treating it as a racially motivated crime. Um, Detective uh, Constable Kayleen Matheson-Davis said um, that it was an unprovoked attack. You know, it was an innocent victim just out enjoying the night out, some drinks in Shoreditch with friends. Um... But yeah, this—I mean—the good thing about this is that you know, London is, is has cameras everywhere. You know, you pretty much can't go anywhere without being on camera. So CCTV um, showed the three men walking around the streets, um, trying to start fights with various people that day, um, and I think they caught the the footage of the, the attack as well. Um, but yeah, so hopefully these guys will get caught. Uh, and, and brought to justice because I mean this victim now has got like facial injuries that are there for life, like severe facial injuries. You know, had to have re- reconstructive surgery and everything. So, so yeah, hopefully um, these guys will get caught. But they, their pictures and and whatnot are all over the internet now. So hopefully it's just a matter of time. And they're quite good pictures as well, to be fair. Welcome to Pablo's Podcast. Join me on a weekly basis with social commentary on current affairs which affect us the most. Come and news with me. What you can expect in uplifting, positive discussions, interviews on our social, physical and cultural well-being. Voicing some of the perspectives we share but maybe don't vocalize enough. I'll be going through my bucket list of interviewees over the coming weeks. We're guaranteed to get an honest, authentic perspective and insight into what's going on now if you like what you hear please click the subscribe button please share on your social media apps and please leave a review look forward to spending some time with you over these coming weeks thanks for joining me, take care So Cheryl Cole has got a new podcast. Cheryl Cole, we haven't seen or heard about her for a while. Um, But yeah, she's got a new podcast, but she's being criticised over this new 12-part podcast, which is actually about R&B music. Um, So, I mean, obviously, Cheryl Cole comes from Girls Aloud. Um, She was a judge on X Factor, um, had a solo career, you know, in the charts with the pop music, etc., but um, this new podcast that's been, I think it's been commissioned by BBC Sounds, um, and it's called You, Me and R&B. Um, so critics have seen this, seen it being promoted and whatnot and they've been up in arms about it saying that it should have been hosted by a black presenter. Um, and some feel that it's an example of um, black talent being pushed, pushed aside and being ignored and whatnot. So I I can definitely see that perspective. I can definitely see that perspective because, um, you know, there's a plethora of talent, you know, whether it's DJs, whether it's artists, male or female, that are fully ingrained in R&B music um, and could probably represent it in a more authentic way. Um, So, yeah, I can can definitely understand where where that criticism is coming from. So some of the critics have been um, One Extras, um, DJ Yasmin Evans and DJ Ace, um, and DJ Ace he, he actually does an R and B show, from what I remember. So he could have been he could have, he could have, the BBC could approach him to do that podcast, to be fair, um, and he obviously works in the BBC as well. But also one of the crit- people criticizing Dr. Doctor very who's a very in- opinionated. Um, authentic and well-versed, um, black woman. Um, and I, I really love her perspective. She's, she's a powerful, powerful and assertive woman. Um, but yeah, she's, she's one of the critics and she, she kind of focused on the fact that, um, uh, Cheryl Cole, uh, her conviction in 2003, um, for assault against a black, um, toilet attendant, you know, amongst other things. So, So, yeah, so she's getting a lot of flack in regards to this. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it it all pans out. I haven't heard um, Cheryl Cole's perspective on that. I wonder how she now feels. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. So, also, um, this month being September is also, um, from a health perspective, is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. So, you know, we've all got men in our families, um, whether they're dads, brothers, uncles, boyfriends, or just friends. Um, So prostate cancer touches all of us, male or female. Um, But prostate cancer does affect um, black men disproportionately in the UK. Um, And so, so, yeah, it is something that, you know, we need to be aware of and, you know, to keep an eye on and check on And even remind, you know, if you've got men in your family, reminding them to check their self out in regards to prostate cancer. Because it's one of those cancers that if you catch it early, you can um, sort it out, basically. But if you wait too late, it can be um, detrimental, you know. So, but I know, I mean, even myself, you know, being a male, I've been tested for it. And the experience of being tested for it is not comfortable, you know. It's not comfortable at all. Although... You know, they can do some of the testing for it um by taking your blood, but the 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 from my the proper testing of it does mean, you know, as a man you need to lay down on a table, curl up in a fetal position, and have somebody um have the doctor put their, their fingers inside you um and you know, to actually feel the prostate. Um, and for me personally that was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever experienced in my life Um, but because you know because of because of the benefits of doing it you know finding out you know and nipping things in the bud if there are any issues you know you just have to kind of just bite the bullet and get it done but I know it's, it's hard for some men to even consider doing that you know but I would strongly recommend that men check these things out just i mean i think the first thing is is reading up on it reading up on 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 what prostate cancer is about um the treatments for it what are the signs of it all of those things um but yeah i think it's really good that it's it's an awareness month um so that it can be at the top of people's agenda as far as health um, with everything else that's going on, it's something that maybe could get swept under the carpet, but it shouldn't because that's been a consistent feature throughout, you know, before COVID. So, yeah, as uncomfortable it is, as it is, guys, you know, you you got to get yourself checked out, especially the older you get. Um, yeah, because it doesn't affect, like... Well, I don't think it, it, it totally doesn't affect, but there's not as many numbers in, like, 20-year-olds and maybe people in their early 30s. But once you start getting a bit older is something you definitely need to check out. So if you haven't had it done, um, do it for your kids, do it for your family, because that may be the game changer. I think I'm going to, might have to do a podcast on this specifically and maybe speak to some people that have actually been through it um, and kind of, you know, and, and, and being able to come out on the other side of it as well. But yeah, Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. So this month, this year even, you know, weather's been horrendous in various places across the world. You know, climate climate change is really kicking in. Um, The US has just gone through Hurricane Ida. Um, You know, they had the flash flooding, they had the tornadoes across the whole of the northeast of of, of America, killing dozens, dozens of people. Um, causing devastation you know in various states new york city jersey um, yeah it's just been crazy the the videos you know the videos again it's like stuff out of a movie when you see some of this some of this stuff um, yeah residents trapped in basements and cars and it reminded me you know when i when i first went to new york and you know realized how they utilized which i thought was really good at the time, the way they, they build their houses with basements, like basements that you can use as, as rooms, you know, whereas in the UK, a lot of, lot of basements are, you know, you, you just use it for storage, but, you know, people that have whole living rooms or just whole rooms, used, used rooms in basements, um, but in this scenario, with these floods, this is cause problems, because if people are living in places like that, and you have flash floods, you having people drowning, you know, in in their basements, not being able to get out of their basement in time, and the way the rain was coming down, it was like six to eight inches um, of rain, like in a really short space of time. Um, and then I think the most dramatic video I saw was in the subway, where it it was just like a a waterfall within the subway. It was ridiculous, like you know, and you know if you if you're in a subway, you 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 would have had a feeling you know that this place can fill up with water the way it was coming down in so much um you know i'm sure that would have run through people's mind being trapped in a subway and it just fills with water like you would have seen in a movie you know something you would have seen in the movie so really sad um, my thoughts and prayers get to people out there um and the recovery you know after afterwards as well that's going to be a big thing as well but, yeah, the, the world's changing, the weather's changing. And, yeah, that, it just keeps every couple of days, couple of weeks, we're seeing something different in regards to how the weather's changing. So, yeah, we, we all have to be mindful of it. We all have to play our part um, and, you know, see what we can do to influence um, global warming. But to be fair, it kind of it, it's, it's something that whole countries have to really be on board with um, from what I can see. Um, but yeah but we can't control whole countries as you know individuals so we just got to do our little bits and pieces um so yeah so um in the nft world the the whole crypto world um a a fake banksy um nft was sold um on banksy's website actually a hacker got into the website and started promoting fake Banksy NFT but obviously people seeing it on Banksy's website thought it was real and you know that people started to auction for it and it went for 244,000 the post has now been deleted from Banksy's website um, and actually the the hacker returned the money to the British collector it was a British collector 30 year old I think, yeah, in his thirties, British collector who actually bought the NFT, um, but he received all his money back. I think the the suspicions are, is because it it made so much news and it was so widely spread. And I think they found out the person's, um, one of his accounts, one of his social media accounts. So... He probably trying to um, nip it in the bud before it came on top. But anyway, he gave back all of the money, um, but he didn't return the transaction fee, which was about five thousand um, pounds. But yeah, the, you know, obviously the the collector thought he was buying the world's the world famous graffiti artist's first ever NFT, which when he does decide to do one, is gonna be, you know, it's gonna be big news and astronomical and all that. But yeah, the whole crypto NFT world, you know, it's a, there's a lot of money exchanges, hands, there's a lot of creativeness that goes on, a lot of art and stuff like that, but it is not a regulated situation and it is highly volatile and highly risky, so this is why these sort of things can happen and do happen, so be, be aware of, you know, the whole crypto world, NFTs, but um, you know, get solid advice and and be be weary of how you move around it, for sure. So I watched yesterday a real refreshing show called Tonight with Target. Um, It's a new show on BBC iPlayer. I think it may come on the BBC, but I watched it on iPlayer yesterday. Um, And how could I describe it? I could describe it as like a Jules Holland kind of show, but focusing on young, urban street music. Yeah, and I I, I thought it was really good. You know, they had. They didn't have it. They had gets on there. They had little sims. JME, JME, absolutely smashed it. Real minimalist, like his brother Skepta. Real minimalist with the way how he does things, but really impactful. So I I definitely, even if you just watch it to see what JME done and what he was speaking about as well. He's the piece that he did. kind of spoke to the whole social media thing and, you know, people just, you know, looking into their phones or into their computers while he's just getting on with his life, doing his thing, you know, living a real life rather than looking at a screen most of the time. So I really love the messaging. But, yeah, I won't give too much more away. Just definitely check it out. But I really love the concept. And and I think that that should be on, you know, prime time, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And it should be on normal channels as well, like BBC. If it's not on BBC, I'll have to double check that if it's actually on BBC One or BBC Two. But yeah, I think it's amazing um, and, and really needed as well, you know, because there's a lot of talent out there. You, know? you, you generally hear about the grime side of things and the negative content and, and stuff around that, which is, OK, yeah, that's fair enough to, to an extent. But there's a lot of talent, a lot of UK talent, and UK talent hasn't been at the forefront like this ever. You know, this is it's just going from strength to strength. So this show, there was definitely a gap for it. I think this this show fills that gap really well. Um, and even if you're a adult who is not interested in these genres of music, if you've got young people around you or you're interested in what young people are doing and who they're being influenced by and what they're being influenced by, definitely go and check out tonight with Target. Um, I look forward to the rest of the episodes. I, I love the music. I love all music. To be fair, all good music, I'd say. But um, yeah, great show, great show, and definitely rivals, um, definitely rivals Jules Holland show. To be fair, where Jules Holland Jules Holland's show comes on every Christmas is where he does his um, hooter nanny and whatnot. If Target and these guys behind this show do their own type of hooter nanny type thing, and it's on around the same time, I guarantee this show will have more viewers. i put money on that. That's, I said it first. <laughs> um, also, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is having a reboot. And the, the, the actor who's going to be playing um, will, uh, Will's part is a newcomer named Jabari Banks. And Will Smith surprised him online um, he, he didn't know it was coming and whatnot. And yeah, Will Smith popped up on his on his live or whatever and uh explained and confirmed that he'd been chosen to play be the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So it was it was really nice to see. You can catch it on um YouTube actually, if you type it in YouTube, but it was really nice um to see to see uh the this young actor's response because this is going to be a game changer for him, life changing. And for Will Smith to actually speak to him and break the news to him. Um, yeah, it was really nice, heartwarming. Um, so yeah, I'll be definitely looking out for that. I'm not sure when it's going to be released, but I do know the reruns from for all of the um, Fresh Prince of Billy has been on Sky. I forget what channel, but yeah, you can definitely find that. Um, and it still stands the test of time. You know, it's still funny, 100%. So yeah, so like I said, September is here. It doesn't look like it's going to be a cold and wet one for us in the UK. Definitely not in the next coming days. I think they said it's going to be about 29 Celsius in, in the week, maybe even touch 30. So I may even get at a sneaky barbecue um, in September. It'd be nice to have a barbecue in September, something different. Um, so, yeah, get out of there, enjoy. Um, even though summer's over, as long as the sun's still shining, it's still summer. It's all good. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today and hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.